Hello, and welcome to another episode of the PE Squad Podcast. Today, we are joined by special guests, Dr. Kim Ballard and Jamie Sparks. They are going to join us and share their experiences, their wisdom, insight into the PE profession. Also, kind of put everyone's uh, nerves to ease a little bit with the uh, inside information that they have on Shape America and several other uh, prestigious PE organizations across the country that are working with the CDC to come up with guidelines for physical education and health upon re-entry. Please join us and stay tuned for the episode. For being on, on the episode, I saw you know, a lot of the conversations going on and I, it felt like a good opportunity to get, to get the both of you on and, and have some open dialogue on some things. Yeah. Thanks for so, having us. Yeah, no problem. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start by, uh, you know, one at a time, just introducing yourselves, uh, who you are, just a little bit of background, uh, for the PE community, just to have some insight into who you are. So, uh, if Kim, do you want to go ahead and start first? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so I'm Kim Ballard. Um, I teach, um, in the teacher education, health and PE section of Campbell university. And, um, I'm also on the shape America board of directors. I'm going into my final year. I serve on our NCA for, um, board of directors as well, the incoming vice president. Um, my, my career has been in teaching and also at the Department of Public Instruction. I stayed there for about 11 and a half years in state government, working with the helping PE teachers across uh, our state. Um, and then I've worked a little bit in corporate. But, um, yeah, th- you know, health and PE has been my life and uh, taught before that. So I'm um, just really glad to be here. Awesome. Jamie? Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, Jamie Sparks, and uh, I'm the, the past president of Shape America. Uh, know Kim many, many years, close friend, great colleague. Um, I spent about a decade at the Department of Education in Kentucky. Uh, my full-time job is now as the National School Health Program Manager for ETR, um, and uh, also serve as Kentucky's association, Kentucky Shape now. Uh, executive director. So wear many hats and very involved in this awesome health and physical education community. Awesome. Uh, before we kind of dive into some some topics that, that I was thinking about covering, uh, you know, since the uh, COVID started, I know everyone's kind of been doing their, their own thing to, to reach out to communities. And uh, Jamie, I know uh, early on, I, I think it was you, you hopped on the bike and did some videos uh, talking uh, to the community. Can, can you talk to that a little bit, what that was about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I uh, as, as this, it was, you know, ironically, uh, Shape America and our state association, we were one of the, the last people off of Capitol Hill uh, when COVID-19 sort of started. Uh, we had our annual speak out day and we had representatives from 43 states, I think, meeting with legislators. And uh, at that point, back in March, uh, we just knew to start keeping distance and, and not shaking hands. And then the situation, uh, of course, rapidly evolved from there as far as physical distancing, social distancing, and uh, at st- stay-at-home measures. And so, um, you know, in, in, the, in the weeks ahead, we made the decision to close the national convention and cancel it. 
and some things, uh, you know, virtual platforms started, just learning. And so my pedal pep talks was just sort of my way that uh, to wind down my days as president of Shape America and just trying to create good vibes and positive messages out there for people uh, that were suddenly um, at home. And, you know, for a lot of our champions and great teacher leaders, uh, navigating Twitter and Zoom and, and uh, Google Drive and Google Hangouts, what uh, wasn't all that new, but for a lot of people in our community, uh, they were, you know, struggling to, to keep their head above water, so to speak. And so it was just trying to get some positive messages out in the world. Cool. And, and Kim, did you do anything uh, to kind of reach out to the community, uh, whether it be kids or, or just the PE community as a whole, when everything started? Well, I, I called our local uh, county that my school, that the university's in, uh, to help pro provide some professional development for their teachers during this time and to see what uh, I can do to help with them. Um, just as, you know, even though it's just local community teachers that are struggling right now trying to figure out what they can do. Um, I did the charge up education webinar this morning um, to try to help uh, new PE teachers with some just some ideas in general. Uh, but this, you know, I'm staying on top of and trying to respond to as much social media as possible. But um, most of the time, I just cheer Jamie on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you've been doing great things, too. Uh, I don't think you should sell yourself short at all. I, in fact, I wanted to, to point out something that I just saw this uh, this morning where it was uh, the tips for new health and physical education teachers. That was something that you put together, right? Yes. Okay. And... Uh, uh, could you want to share something briefly about that? Like what, what sparked you to want to put something out there for that? Yeah, well, um, Adam had contacted several people uh, to, are you talking about the, the webinar? I'm sorry. Or are you talking about a uh, newspaper? Uh, either or. I'm looking at what uh, Artie, Jemiah oh, yeah, shared. The webinar. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Adam had contacted a bunch of us and had talked to us about doing these webinars for free. And so one of the topics we came up with was, well, what about these new teachers? And, you know, what are some things to just sort of help guide them through the first two or three years? And, man, you know, once you get started, it was like a whole pedagogical, you know, two semesters uh, in about 45 minutes. But, um, but it was a lot of fun, and I've got a lot of great feedback, even from the veteran teachers who said, hey, these are just things we need to remember, you know, all the time. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do it. I tapped a second-year teacher, Kayla West, um, to see what she thought about, you know, things that could help her as a new teacher. And so she shared some things with me uh, on there as well. She was one of my former students. And so uh, it was really good to have some, you know, somebody young actually saying some of the same things that, that I was saying. It was a lot of fun. I think we're going to do another one with NC Shape uh, here soon. We're doing a lot of webinars uh, through our state organization. You know, um, some of the things that I've uh, learned in the past is you have to tap into those resources where um, you got to reach out to those people that you used to be with. When I was a first year PE teacher, I had nothing. I mm -hmm. didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's grown so much with Twitter and uh, webinars and reaching out to old professors and other PE teachers to see what's going on. So in this time, um, I think social media and all your old resources is a, is a great thing to 
be sharing to everybody in the PE community, especially those that are new teachers. If I was a brand new teacher in this time, I think I would pull all my hair out at this point. So it's, right. just, it's wild. There's a book I read that was called The Power of Who. And it was really sort of a business book. I read it when I was working uh, in the corporate world a little bit, but it's about who, you know, and tapping that inner circle of who, you know, keeping them close and, and who, who cares about you succeeding the most. Yes. Those are the people you really want to tap to. But at the same time, where are those spheres of influence rolled out to? Because you also don't want to lose that very outer circle. It could have been your second or third grade teacher that may have something really good that they could, you know, contribute to what you're doing at some point in time, but we forget to reach out to other people outside of our small circle. So mm -hmm. it is a time we have to like think, think a bit, you know, a bit broader uh, about our own objectives and what we're trying to get to and who are the best people to help us with that. Cause we all need help on stuff. Yes. You know, and it's funny that you said that like your third grade teacher, um, my, my my elementary school PE teacher is still working in the district that I work in. So it's a good thing for me to get to see her still working in the district. And I can reach to her and see some of the games and things and activities that she's using. But then she can come back to me since I'm that generation that knows a lot about technology and computers and how to make things more um relatable to students at this age and this time. So it was really cool to, that you said that because that makes me think of my elementary PE teacher because now we're bouncing ideas off of each other at this time. Yeah, I and mean, both of y'all brought up a good point. So uh, I have a question for, for Jamie and Kim. And uh, uh, Jamie, we haven't heard you for a second, so I'll let, I'll let you first. But what would y'all say – you know about our our community as a whole you know kim you you spoke to about who you know in an inner circle but one of the things that i've seen since all this is happening it's just, you know our community is massive but it's almost like it's been shrunk in terms of everyone reaching out sharing ideas and being there to help one another and you know i don't i mean i'm sure it happens in other types of education but i've just been blown away with you know the way we're there to help each other yeah, I think the awesome thing about our our community of health and PE teachers, uh, you know, is the intrinsic motivation that so many of us bring to our jobs. It, it's not just a job, right? If you find something you enjoy, you'll know every day the rest of your life, and uh, and so that that mindset and that intrinsic motivation really goes a long way, and that's what drives people to volunteer. Uh, for state leadership within their state association, within the district level, at the national level. Um, and, and, you know, and that's what we also see so many people now because of technology and social media um, giving back and being connected. And, you know, I always told uh, people when I left the Department of Education uh, or when I left the classroom for the Department of Education, it was 2010. You know, and it was hard in the rural school district I was from. It was hard to get professional development, especially content. You know, and you still have those stories of teachers not being supported, teachers not having access to health and content-specific PEPDs. But now, I tell teachers now, if you're not connected and you're not growing professionally, you got to look in the mirror because it's out there. It may not be the standard something you pay and go get. But there's ways to connect and there's ways to grow because there's so many people in our community that are giving back, that are helping out. And the great thing about, you know, there's a lot of negatives happening, obviously, in the world with COVID. 
But the awesome thing is, is, you know, if you think about your student teaching experience and your undergrad experience, you know, you got to get all these hours in observing and, and practicing. And now all of a sudden, when you get out into the real world, you don't get a lot of opportunities to see and watch great teachers teach because you're doing your job. Where now, because of so many people putting videos up and sharing their ideas and sharing their virtual learning, you're getting an opportunity to see a lot of great role models in the profession that are sharing what they're doing. So, you know, that's that's good to see. And I think that's helping to push the profession in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, we have a tremendous physical education community um, and our health education community is is really, really getting out there um, as well. They're a little behind. They haven't been doing it quite as long, but man, they're catching up fast. And, um, you know, that the, the one standard we really have to pay attention to, though, um, is, you know, identifying the reliable and accurate information out there. Um, that's that that key, that key health standard is so important during this time. Teachers that just look at all the stuff that's out there on some of these websites and Facebook pages, and they're like, I mean, you can get overwhelmed and you can think you're the worst teacher in the world. I mean, it can have some negative effects on us. So mm -hmm. it's important for people to think about what my objective is in my school. You know, what's in my scope and sequence of what I'm doing and will that fit in? Because we don't want to just throw it in to do it. It needs to still meet a standard and needs to work with, um, you know, what we're doing within our school framework or change your framework, you know. Right. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. You know, I kind of had to take on two roles during this whole time. Um, in December, our PE and health coordinator retired. So myself and two other male PE teachers here in our district had to kind of take over her job. So I had to learn how to balance um, that as well as the stuff that my kids were wanting to do. And it did get very overwhelming at times. And I did feel like I was not focusing more on my kids and it did get really frustrating. And I can tell you how many times I've, I've spoke to my wife and complained to my wife about things, but it's like in the end, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to keep the kids healthy. I want to keep the kids having fun. And I want to make sure that my kids are not only doing what they need to be doing, but most of the district's kids are doing what they need to be doing. So I'm trying to impact every kid. And, I'm, and I turned it into a thing of it's not about um, how I get it done. It's who's getting it done and how it's benefiting them. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, you got to remember your why. Yes. That's what's going to help you persevere. See, you've already said two things. Who, why, and now we're moving on. What's next? <laughs> the what? What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had, a, you had something that really stuck out, and it was kind of a driving force for reaching out to you and, uh, and Jamie to want to do this episode. You said, you know, the things that you find online or Facebook and the things that are shared, and, and to kind of not necessarily – up the resources, but to kind of jump towards the information that's out there, whether it be factual or turned into a meme. Uh, Jamie brought up a good point that you know, we live in a in a culture where it's easy to grab something with it or to turn it into it, and I, you can kind of get a strong sense that the community as a whole is is very anxious and and overwhelmed and just fearful for the unknown. And I know that both of y'all, you know, behind the scenes, you know, are working with Shape America and, and you have a lot more knowledge of what's going on than, than the rest of us. Could you kind of speak to, you know, what it is that Shape's doing and works with the 
opportunity to create guidelines for, for exactly what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the image this week uh, that, that I think has, has went pretty viral in a lot of places, of course, you know, CDC had issued, you know, there's a couple of important things. Again, it goes back to Kim's point around our national health standards, accessing valid and reliable information. And so, you know, the, it was a 70-page interim guidance document that CDC released. And and the, and the guidance is really good in that it, you know, when you read it, it talks about local decision-making. It talks about working with your local health department. And then there's a series of steps to consider, to think about. So it's just really a guidance to help local schools and districts think about all the different scenarios. And that's what CDC does. They have best practices based on science and evidence and research. You know, and somebody took that and put it into a, a, a meme or an image without any context. And so it really looked like the image looked like a one-size-fits-all, meaning if you're going to have support, here's what everybody needs to do. First of all, CDC doesn't have any authority over what school districts do. Uh, almost every state in the country is, is local control in some way, shape, or form. Um, so, you know, there, there's not a lot of federal mandates that come down the pipe as far as in the school building. I mean, there's, there certainly are things with testing and school meals and things like that that are big structural things. But as far as what a classroom instruction looks like and set up, uh, local decision making is a, a huge part of, of what you know, superintendents will be doing and engaged in. And so, you know, and, and as you said, that that image fueled into um, a lot of, of the anxiety that our, our teachers are already experiencing and thinking about, you know, what reentry looks like. Um, so fighting that, you know, I, I reached out to Stephanie Morris, the CEO, uh, earlier in the week, even before the image came out. And I said, you know, I said, Stephanie, I said, we, we've got to get some stuff pushed out because I knew behind the scenes we were working with the school health CDC, but I also knew there's a lot of other conversations going on that we've since put more information out and letting people know, take a breath. Yeah. We'll get through this together. It takes time. And uh, so that, you know, that work continues with Kaiser Permanente Alliance for Healthier Generation. We have a host of partners and that's what teachers need to understand. Your state association National Association, we do this work 365 days a year. Whether there's a pandemic or mm-hmm. not, we're representing the voice of health and PE. And, you know, and that's, 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 that's also advocacy for our own profession, right? Because what we know is very few members of health and PE teachers belong to the state and national association. And all of a sudden, when our jobs are on the line or threatened to be cuts, then we care. So we've got to do a better job of continuing to grow in advocacy and knowing that that's what we exist for. We exist for times like this and to help move the bar forward for quality health and PE yeah, programs. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add uh, to that point. There's the guideline. There are things to think about. For example, we've been doing some thinking here in North Carolina, looking at things. And, you know, we talked about weight training and we're not saying you can't do any weight training, but not spotting kids, you know, like there's some things you need, you have, we may not have thought about. What about the water fountains? Doesn't mean we can't have water. You know, what are we going to do about kids maybe having a water bottle? And the, and, it, and it carries over into athletics, you know, um, as well. So it's not just about our physical education, it's athletics. And, 
You know, some things people won't think about. There's new research out about kids running one behind the other and the spread of germs and that. Um, there's some about spitting out sunflower seeds like baseball players do, et cetera. So there's just so much that we have to do, we really have to think about that we haven't thought about before. And it's like these pieces, like, you know, Jamie said, these are things to think about and that you may not be thinking about. Um, you know, our, our new norm is going to be very different. Um, and, and we'll have stuff come out, as Jamie said, from Shape America um, and CDC and all the partners. I know like different states are also putting out some stuff at different times. Uh, my state currently has said that for, for all of our schools not to go rogue, they're going to tell us by July. And it's like, just take a breath, like Jimmy, like James said, and just relax. We're not going to have any answers too soon hmm. um, because we don't know yet. <laughs> and uh, that's what's so hard is trying to keep all the social media and keeping information accurate, you know, and, and keeping people's fear down right now. Because, like you said, we will get through it together. And one of the things that, you know, to add to Kim's message there, and we had a call yesterday with, with a group of district executive directors, and, and we had this conversation, Kim Thompson from Georgia, uh, specifically talking about, you know, we have an opportunity to, to really talk about quality PE in this time. And there's also an opportunity for us to flip the script a little bit on what reentry looks like, because guess where the biggest classroom in every school is? It's in the uh, yeah. And our teachers can implement the best forms of physical distancing. Will the activities look different than traditional activities? Absolutely, they're going to look different. But as far as helping a student's mental and physical and emotional health, we know that movement and exercise is is the miracle uh, thing that schools can do for kids as far as uh, improving overall emotional and mental wellness through physical activity. So anybody out there that's considering not doing PE during reentry, simply doesn't understand the benefits in science and research from physical education and the opportunity that you have in a school building to do the best form of physical distancing and appropriate activity. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, with, with this in mind, you know, with social distancing and stuff, with those schools, like my school, my elementary school, we're probably one of the largest in our district. Uh, we house over 900 students. Um, I see three classes with about 70 kids in my gym. With that being said, will the size of classes now probably end up changing? Oh, I love that thought. I've been saying that all along. <laughs> yes, we should. Um, just, you know, we, I've tried when I was at the State Department to come out with even fire code or something that would show the distance and space that we needed. We put out recommendations and, and actually Shape America has recommendations as well, but they're recommendations. And so, you know, a lot of times we know that doesn't get, uh, get very far, but yeah. they're out there. Um, so, yeah, I think that we, we have a leg to stand on to, act, to, to argue for safety of children, not only from viral and uh, kinds of diseases, but um, just the safety of movement of kids. I'll also say to your point um, earlier that we do have uh, time to flip the script, as Jamie said, with this, you know, send and work home. So a teacher that has only now this is not ideal. I'm not advocating for one day a week PE. I don't want it to go that way. I'm not in the reality of worlds. There are one and two day PE classes. 
And I'm saying that now that we've gotten into this scenario with COVID and we're sending home some kinds of information and teachers are learning what to send home, um, that that might not be a bad idea. You know, you can let parents know, hey, we're going to do throwing and catching, but I only have two days on it. So the rest of the time you got to work on it at home if you want your kid to improve and send stuff home with them. Google Classroom. And, And we're also promoting the fact that hey, I don't get to see your kid enough. If you want me to do it, advocate for more, you know, more time. But also on the other side of that coin, we can send home mixed messages to parents. If we're only sending home fitness ideas and physical activity without any instructional pieces, they're getting the idea that it's just recess. And so Mm -hmm. we have a chance to make sure that our parents out there understand that there is a teaching component and an assessment component. And I see some of both kinds of things on, uh, on the social media right now. Well, I have a, I have a question for you. You know, you, you kind of talked about, you know, the send in resources home and, and, and social distancing and just kind of in it at what things could look like. And I can't remember who brought up the conversation several weeks ago, but it was someone in our profession talking about it was a perfect opportunity for the, the hidden curriculum for physical education out. Um, what are y'all thoughts? About that? Yeah, social emotional learning specifically, um, Jamie. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what we've seen so much um, opportunity and promise with with Shape America's new Health Moves Minds program. Um, I believe in the program so much. I've I've got two tattoos from two different states as a result. Of <laughs> Working on the third. President. <laughs> I had the third coming. Had COVID not here, right, Kim? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, the one thing that I think, um, you know, is the reality is, um, you know, we have to train a lot of administrators and principals into, you know, PE and health, especially for those that that have been engaged and growing in the profession has changed so much from what so many administrators and education leaders experienced. Um, and so, you know, I, I think Judy Bianco was the first guy that I heard say this, that we, we created social emotional learning and health and PE. And the fact that we need it now just tells us that students aren't getting enough health and PE. And, you know, that's a good point because that is really embedded uh, those outcomes into the national health and PE standards. And so the fact that most schools don't get enough of it is the reason we have such SEL needs now. And so uh, Health Moves Minds really elevates those uh, those those pieces so well in the free lessons that are available in that curriculum. And that's the one thing that I can tell you in traveling the country this past year, that administrators has shined a new light on the PE programs, not just the fundraising part of how much the school gets back, but the curriculum part of the way it engages kids in a way that a lot of principals didn't understand about physical education before. I'll add, I'll add to this. Um, I also think on the other side of that, Jamie, that we have um, – Some folks that say that's what they get, but they don't intentionally teach it. And yes, there's some research that shows we do get it by, you know, just by cause, by by learning to play together, that there's some transfer of that learning. But without some intentional teaching of social emotional learning, um, that's where it's going to go and stick. And uh, I think that's what Health Moves Minds can really pull out for us is that intentional teaching. Amen. I like that. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that speaks to a lot of you know, things that people have been thinking about and talking about and uh, to kind of, kind of shift topics a little bit. Um, what, what is something that, and this is a question for both of y'all, what is something that you want to see 
this whole thing that would be like like silver lining or the best thing that could come out. What do you think is the best thing that could happen for health and physical education to come out of all this? You want me to go first, Jamie? Um, go ahead. I, I would love to see uh, parents get behind us. I think that would be a silver lining that they understand that it's a lot more than just being physically active and that their kids need more physical activity throughout the day since they're home with them all day and that they would actually um, advocate for us. I think that would be huge. And I think another silver lining would be that um, just that they, they can learn the difference between what we do, you know, and appreciate the fact of, of that physical education is a learning core, you know, whole child initiative course. And um, it's, you know, part of being a well-rounded student and that, um, yeah, that we just become more visual in their eyes. I agree with that. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jamie, but I think I've had the most parent involvement during this time than I've ever had in my entire six years of teaching. I think I've had more praise and recognition from these parents saying, look, we appreciate everything that you've done for our children. We, we love that. The, we love the activities that you're sending these kids. I think um, it's coming. I think the parent involvement is coming. I think it's going to take some time and maybe a little more of us pushing it. Yeah, absolutely. The parents are, are, are a huge part of it, and, and they're such influencers uh, on the local level um, in schools and districts and, and impacting policies and programs that happen. I, I think for, for me, in addition to the parental component and, and that piece, is, um, you know, ESSA, E-S-S-A, you know, that allowed health and PE at the table in a way with federal funds and, and, and a new way. And that happened five years ago. And we know that there's a new reauthorization because that happens every, you know, these education, federal education bills. So for, you know, from 1964 up until 2015, health and PE weren't even a part of the equation. And then we know what happened in No Child Left Behind with core subjects. So ESPA was a small step in the right direction. But it still wasn't a huge piece of uh, still a lot of inequity as a result. Some health and PE teachers were tapping into it. Some districts were given money. But for the most part, most states still designed testing systems that were about a few subjects. And so it was a step. But this, this COVID-19 is a major step. For the first time in 20, 25 years, we threw out annual yeah. testing. When we go right. next fall, I, I don't see how any state can have annual testing again because I, the world has changed that much in education. So it is a prime opportunity to continue to talk about those next steps. And as a parent, I'll also add that a reminder of how broken our education system and priorities are. Every single day at 5 o'clock, my governor goes live on Facebook and talks about decision-making, goal-setting, healthy, being mental, emotional, social. Every single day, he's teaching, preaching the things that we do on a regular basis. However, as a parent, I watch my kids bring assignments home, and guess what they're not talking about? Decision-making, healthy, goal-setting. The education system is still very broken. So as we come out of this, it does give us a new lens to really ask, What's the purpose of public education? What's the purpose of school? What are the things that we really need 
students in order to be successful in life, not just academics. So it is a big paradigm shift that I think it allows us to work from as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think both of y'all just were were right on with everything you said, and um, you know, we've definitely covered a lot of uh, important topics. You know, people in our community wanted to hear, and I think needed to hear. And uh, to respect everyone's time, I think we'll wrap up here in a minute. But would there be anything, uh, anything that y'all would want to say uh, to the community as a whole? Community, uh, both of y'all have, um, you know, both of y'all are very well respected in in our community. And um, whether whether y'all see it or not, I, I've seen it since I've, uh, you know, been on, on Facebook, Twitter, and everything, and, and seeing y'all's name and seeing the respect that y'all have in our profession. And, and that's why I have to shout out to y'all and I'm so honored that y'all are on the podcast. Before we do let you know, I just wanted to give y'all an opportunity to speak to our community, share any words of wisdom or encouragement. Well, I know you all had Brett on uh, uh, not too long ago, and Brett Fuller's the new president of Shape America, and I believe his message and his theme as president of the national organization is, is exactly uh, what we all need right now, and that message is stronger together. And uh, it, it, it just encouraging people um, that whatever uh, re-entry looks like and whatever our future holds, uh, to continue to be engaged on social media, but to take that engagement a step further. Be a member of your state association, pay your dues, be a member of Shape America, because, um, you know, it, it's it, these things in waves, right? We, we It's not just global pandemics that we're fighting against, but um, there's a lot of other things that we're constantly fighting and representing to take health and PE to the next level. My dream for our community is, is very simple. I want health and PE to be math and reading. And I think we have a real legitimate opportunity to take that step forward. Uh, but it takes all of us using our voices and our influence together in order to achieve right. that. Yeah, I just want to say um, thank you all for, for pulling us together and just to continue to encourage our community to grow um, to rely on each other, to lean on each other, um, take each other's you know information, continue to give each other credit, um, and help lift each other up because uh, it's going to take you know it just it's going to take that. But not only when this is over, you know times of crisis, a lot of times we do see that and pull together. But you know this is this is who we are outside of a crisis as well. Right now we're not teaching online; we're teaching in a you know a pandemic. This is not online teaching, and we're not prepared for it. We're not you know, um, you know, trained for it and neither are our kids. And we have to have, you know, some commonality around what we feel like we can do with kids and what we can do and have to, you know, really challenge ourselves to step up and, um, and learn a little bit of technology in order to work with our kids at home. And that's scary for a lot of people that haven't took that step yet. So for those that may be still considering that or are not sure of what to do, listen, we've all been there. And it just takes, you know, as Judy Lobianco says, that moral courage um, to step that foot up and, and just ask for help. There's a ton of us out there. Um, if we can't do it, we'll get you to somebody else. So um, let's reach out and, and uh, grab a hand and help lean on each other and uh, not only get through this, but make health education and physical education better on the other end of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Donald, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I, uh, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, it was a, it's, it's a big, it's a big relief to hear people talk about 
there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this. Um, I want to thank you guys um, for coming on and, and showing us that light at the end of the tunnel for this and, and that that light is going to be really bright for the future of physical education and health in, in the coming uh, school year and, and further on. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Kim, and thank you, Jamie. It means a lot for y'all joining the, the PE Squad podcast. We have another uh, 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 person that is, and that's normally on with us, and Natalie couldn't make it, but I know Natalie uh, sends her best, and I know she's honored to have y'all on the show, too. We enjoyed it. Thank, thank you. Thank you all. Thank Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the PE Squad Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and be on the lookout for the squad.